Welcome to another episode of Agile Precision, the podcast by BMW iVentures. Each episode, we talk to a variety of interesting people, a lot of them in the BMW iVentures portfolio and other technology luminaries in and outside of Silicon Valley. We focus on companies that have a direct impact on the real world. I'm Casper Sage, and today I'm talking to Neil Carson, who's the CEO and co-founder of Yellow Brick Data. We're extremely excited about our investment in Yellow Brick, as data really holds the key for the future. Yellow Brick's hybrid cloud data warehouse allows companies to work with massive amounts of data in a fraction of the time and at a fraction of the cost. At BMW, we have seen improvements in speed north of like 150x. That's absolutely mind-blowing. What this means is data can turn into insights much faster and therefore has a real tangible business impact in an increasingly connected world. Neil, great to have you here with us today. How do you do? Pretty good. Neil, why don't you start off telling folks what Yellow Brick does and why it is so important? Yeah, well, I think, um, as you said, it's about turning data into insights at the end of the day. So it's often easiest to explain that in terms of the things that um, affect us in the real world. For example, um, if you're buying things online, um, data is continually being used to make sure that the purchases you made are made by you and not someone impersonating you in order to keep your money safe. Um, if you're a telecommunications subscriber, uh, data is being used to uh, both offer you the best deals, uh, as well as to uh, make sure that your phone bills are correct. Um, if you're a shopper and you go into a store and the weather is nice, and it turns out that people like to buy more sausages when the sun is shining on the weekends, uh, data is <laughs> helping make in sure. Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, data is making sure that there are sufficient sausages in store. Um, and all of these are examples in the real world where Yellow Brick is doing that for you right now. So. Um, through, through through our various customers. So um, it's easy to think of data as being something sort of evil that uh, Big Brother-like, you know, um, and, and it's watching you and it's sort of controlling your lives and, and taking away your will to do what you want to do. But I think at the end of the day, we also have customers that use Yellow Brick to help clinical trials go more smoothly and save lives as well. So um, data is everywhere. It's doing a lot of good in the world as well. And Yellow Brick is powering a bunch of that. Awesome. Uh, maybe you can give us a bit of like background on yourself, your experience, and what led you to to founding Yellowbrick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I came to America in uh, 1998, actually working at uh, Oracle, um, working on devices called network computers. Back then, um, I had a career in the Valley that um, went through a variety of different businesses and industries, from consumer devices to enterprise software to embedded systems to uh, end-user graphical tools and uh, all sorts of different things. And uh, the last company I worked at was a company called Fusion.io. Um, we built enterprise solid-state drives, the first ones that really worked properly. And um, we saw an opportunity to uh, make analytic analysis of data faster because it turned out that all of the databases of the time weren't able to make use of the latest networking and storage and hardware technologies. So we started Yellowbrick to do that. Those technologies are now available in uh, public clouds as well. And um, we're seeing that because of this, we've been able to build a database with just a massive economic advantage compared to anything else you can find out there. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, maybe to give a little bit of background on, on our end, um, when we first started looking at Yellowbrick, we, we actually surprisingly quickly got to the point um, in the team where we were like, Hey, this is this looks like a real like a real winner here. 
Um, and I mean, at the time we didn't we didn't have the the BMW infield data yet. Um, so some folks were were doubtful that we would get up to like a 100 x improvement. Well, now in hindsight, it's it's pretty awesome um, because you guys beat it by by quite a mitron. Like it's we're basically looking at like 150 x improvement across like a variety of of use cases. I mean, funny anecdote, yeah. Like our BMW guys when they when they got the response time data back. They actually thought like something was wrong or like broken because basically everything had like zeros in it, and then they realized, oh damn! Like we, we actually have to adjust like the scale to to see the values and to, to actually it was all there. It was just so fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, I, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, from a market perspective, maybe just a little bit of background. I mean, this is obviously a huge, tremendous market, twenty billion a year and, and constantly growing. Last CAGR I've seen is something around like ten percent. Um, and I mean, in our mind, there's there's really no doubt um, that data will define the future of everything. Yeah, um, the more data you have, as you were mentioning earlier, um, the more potential insights you have. Uh, that being said, I mean, it's it's also uh, it comes with tremendous challenges, right? Like an autonomous vehicle, for example, produces multiple petabytes a day um, of data. Um, and how do you really deal with that? And how do you query that stuff, right? Um, Another aspect that was very telling for us is um, most companies, most enterprises today have like at least two data warehouse systems in parallel, like one, one real-time system for, that's much smaller, and then one system that has all the historic stuff. Um, now, most of the times, as you were saying, like you need both of those um, in parallel, right? To have like a comprehensive view, specifically in like fraud, fraud detection stuff. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you touched on a few points there, and um, I think that on the um, sort of market size and autonomous vehicle data and everything else, I mean, one of the sayings in systems engineering was always you have to move the compute to the data, not the data to the compute, but that's actually becoming true in terms of a geographical scale and global scale now at the end of the day, that when you've got a vehicle or a jet engine or a machine producing petabytes of data per day, you can't possibly ship all of that data across a network into a cloud to do the analytics. So you have to do a whole bunch of compute as close to the data as possible, starting within the vehicle itself, then at the network edge, and then ultimately in uh, the cloud where at each level you're taking out the data that's less interesting and only keeping the stuff that's more interesting or summarizing or aggregating the data to different levels. And you know our technology is really good because we can, we can do that at all different levels. We have a version of our software stack that runs on Kubernetes that you can run on really small things, uh, potentially even in vehicles or on ships or in airplanes. We have a version of the stack that runs at the network edge and then the public cloud version as well. So um, that's really what you have to do uh, with all of this data at the end of the day. Um, you'd also touched on real-time analytics as well. Uh, yeah, often companies have to build two sets of systems. Um, there aren't really any data warehouses that can deal with both large volumes of data as well as streams of real-time data effectively at the same time in a transactionally consistent way. Um, at Yellowbrick, we've done that and we think that's a first. Uh, we have customers that literally use Yellowbrick to analyze data streams that are up to the second, tens or hundreds of thousands of values per second in warehouses that measure hundreds of terabytes. So that's also really cool as we move to a new sort of connected world and more devices. Yeah, that's, that that was a big piece for us. Um, now today, the the majority of the market still is on premise, right? For most warehouses. Um, now, obviously, we have seen recently like tremendous growth in 
on the cloud side of things, um, how, how is Yellowbrick deployed? How, how do you respond to this growth trend? Yeah, no, all, all of the above, really, at the end of the day. Um, we, we started off as actually an on-premises business, but we've realized over time that nobody wants to buy a data warehouse that will never run in the cloud. So we started an initiative um, about a year ago to take our software stack and modernize it for the cloud. We have 100% cloud customers now using Yellowbrick, and um, the cost of ownership of, of the Yellowbrick data warehouse in the cloud, one can purchase Yellowbrick for less than it costs Amazon to build Redshift, for example. This is all because of our IP and our advantages in economics and performance. So um, it's really good stuff. We leverage modern technology like, uh, as I've said, uh, uh, Kubernetes in order to be able to do that. But for folks that actually have data centers at the network edge, you can still have Yellowbrick on hardware in that data center as well. So we really cater to all of the above. The user experience is the same and the performance benefits are the same across all of those deployments. Now, um, obviously, Snowflake has had a quite successful IPO, um, no doubt about it. Um, what, what makes Yellowbrick different? How, how do you compare to these guys? Yeah, no, we're, we're honored to be, first of all, in the same category. It's brilliant to be a data warehouse vendor right now because uh, Snowflake's IPO has really uh, brought uh, a great deal of attention to a market that previously was sort of left uninteresting. Um, we compare, we have a, we have a bigger um, addressable market than uh, Snowflake does because we cater to the on-premises business, the network edge business, as well as the cloud business. So um, that's really the, the single biggest difference between Yellowbrick and Snowflake. We're really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have like some, some benchmark or some comparison um, of the two, like have customers like run your system versus their system in parallel? Customers have, and they've um, found that often a 16-node Yellowbrick warehouse will outperform a 128-node Snowflake warehouse and will do so at about a quarter or less of the cost. So um, substantial advantages there in price performance uh, when looking at Yellowbrick versus Snowflake. So anyone that's listening to this that's a Snowflake user that has a decent amount of data or a Redshift user or actually any other data warehouse technology, and you've got data sets starting in the terabytes, uh, you should really look at Yellowbrick to uh, turbocharge your analytics and get more performance. Wow, so yeah, it's mind blowing. What's the what's the secret sauce? How do you get so much better? Yeah, it's it's all about making uh, the best use of the latest hardware, uh, and that's what the expertise of the Yellowbrick team is. We have about twenty patents in database IP now that make use of uh, uh, modern trends in hardware, like FPGA processing, like um, uh, advanced. Uh, RDMA networks, which is a faster way of moving data across a network, NVMe storage. And we put all of these hardware ingredients together in a special way and build software to utilize that. And the great thing is all of that hardware is available in the public cloud as well now, as, uh, as well as uh, on-premises that people purchase. So um, we re-engineered the very core of a database, throwing out architectural principles that have been the same for the last 30 or 40 years. Uh, it was an incredible engineering undertaking. We had to build our own operating systems, drivers, query planners, compilers, uh, executors, the entire database and operating system stack from scratch in order to do that. We host all of that in containers running on KDS, and um, it produces a database that, that bypasses a lot of the core bottlenecks that Snowflake has, that Redshift has, that Oracle has, that Teradata has, that all of these legacy vendors have. Yeah, what, what really blows my mind is that you're doing, doing all this stuff while the, the footprint, the box itself is so much smaller. Like, I mean, our guys were, they were just wowed by it because it's basically like 70% reduction in like 
um, footprint. You're getting rid of server racks and putting in one little blade. Correct. Correct. And, and that helps you wherever you're running, because if you're an on-premises customer, we literally have customers that have reduced um, 18 racks of equipment to um, you know 12 rack you of equipment or something like that. Uh, and that, that obviously is just a massive, massive cost saving. And if you're, again, running that infrastructure in Yellowbrick software as a service or in a cloud, you get exactly the same magnitude of saving as well. You don't feel it in your data center, but it affects the bills that you're getting at the end of the day. Yeah, plus it helps help saving the world because uh, you have need less, much less power electronics uh, to get in there. <laughs> yeah, sure. less, less, less power, less precious metals, less of everything else, for sure. Very cool. Um, how does the future look like for Yellowbrick? Uh, how should we think about the company in the next couple of years? Yeah, we're just continuing to grow our business. We've grown uh, 3x year on year and uh, continue to do so. And um, really, uh, we continue to grow in verticals where we've been successful. And uh, you'll be hearing a lot more about us because um, as we grow, we do more marketing and you'll, uh, you'll, you'll hear more about us out there. So uh, keep an eye. It's going to be a, a fabulous business here. Actually, it already is. You can erase that bit, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. Anything else that you would like um, our listeners to to know about Yellowbrick? No, I mean, I think I think just the great thing is is sort of as an analogy. If you if you've been using traditional databases to do your analytics, it's it's like like riding a bicycle, and and suddenly, you know, with Yellowbrick, you're you're driving an M8 or something like that. It's a completely different experience. You've never gone that fast before, and you're like, wow. That lets me get to places faster than I've been able to get to before, see things I couldn't see before. It's really special. And it's also a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to twiddle their fingers. Yeah, very cool. How, how can folks get a glimpse of, of your product today? The best thing is to go to yellowbrick.com and uh, click on schedule a demo and we'll, uh, walk you through the, uh, we'll walk you through the whole product end to end and we, you can uh, play around yourself. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, thanks thanks so much for joining us today, Neil. Um, this has been a great discussion. Um, and thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning into today's episode of Agile Precision. For more information, please visit bmwiventures.com. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Casper.